Hey everybody, Wasilla Steve here from Alaska. You know, I listen to five or six podcasts regularly, and one of them is the handgun world. And why? Because I too am a cancer survivor. And because Bob survived cancer, and I survived cancer, Bob got the pleasure of teaching me in two of his classes. And boy, did he ever enjoy that. And I'm not trying to brag or anything, but he taught the best student he has ever had. That being my good friend who attended the classes with me. So here now, a true survivor, a great American, and hands down, one of the best instructors I know, Bob Maine. I'm a desperate man Send lawyers, guns and money This shit has hit the fan Hello friends, I'm Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. A practical show done by a practical guy, and that is me. This is episode 623 on March 26th, 2023. This week, you can't beat the ride. So I'm going to replay... An interview from several years ago but you're going to hear the entire interview and I got more to talk about coming up and you'll hear about that when I when I actually play that for you I got a couple of voicemails that I'm going to discuss as well people have called in uh, made a couple good comments asked a good question and things like that so that's coming up as well I want to let you know this show is listener sponsored so if you get something, if you get a good benefit out of this show, please consider supporting me on Patreon. A lot of good interviews and videos, just like the one you're going to hear, are on my Patreon page. Also, you can support Ben Branham and I, uh, Ben from the Modern Self-Protection Podcast, whom you're going to hear on this video as well, by becoming a Shooters Club member. And you can check all that out at ShootersClubMembers.com and Patreon.com slash Handgun World. Also want to mention you can get email updates. And I have a free uh, article that I wrote. Because I can't carry a cop. That's the name of the article. Very informative. I spent a long time writing it. And uh, I write slow and I kind of just do things a little bit at a time. But it's very informative. You can get it free by signing up for email updates. Go to handgunworld.com. You'll see the menu item there on how to get email updates and get a free copy sent to you, a PDF version of my article. Check it out. Go, go to handgunworld.com. You can figure all of this out when you get there. Just check out the menu items. So let me share the first listener voicemail with you. Hey, Bob, it's Jonathan here from the 906 up in the Upper Peninsula. Really enjoyed your show today on why people make 
their pistol's bigger. And I've often wondered the same thing. Why, right? Because just buy a bigger gun in the first place. But I don't know, human nature, I guess. Um, really enjoy your show. I finally did sign up on Patreon today, so I'm now one of your Patreon people, and I should have done that uh, a long time ago. I've always enjoyed your podcast. It's one of my favorites. I actually like that you take voicemails. That's uh, so rare today to be able to uh, communicate with voice as opposed to email. So, yeah, that's a really nice touch. All right. Have a great evening, Bob. Thanks. Bye. Jonathan, thank you. I guess I'm a bit old-fashioned still using voicemail, huh? Voicemail must be for dinosaurs, and that's me. I'm a dinosaur. Jonathan, thanks for calling in. Thanks for the compliment. Last week, I was talking about why do people make small guns bigger. So if you didn't catch that episode, check that out. I, I like to keep my small guns as small guns. And I have larger guns when I feel like carrying a larger gun or shooting a larger gun. Something I forgot to say last week about taking small guns and making them bigger. Uh, it comes up in the next voicemail. If if it's your only gun, I can see I can see the point in that. If it's the only gun you have and if it's the only gun you can afford and you want to use it for home defense, for example, I can understand. But if you got the ability to have more than one gun, then why take a small gun and and make it larger? I don't know. I just uh have never been a big fan of that. I keep my small guns as small guns. Okay, here comes the next voicemail. Hey, Bob. It's Dave from Utah. Um, I was just listening to your episode where you're talking about how you don't like taking small guns and trying to make them bigger. And uh, I think I generally agree. Um, what I do like about those small guns having extended magazines and things like that, is um, if you get someone who it's like their only gun that they're that they're going to buy for the time being, you know, it is more comfortable and a little bit easier to shoot at the range if you're able to get your pinky on there to get your whole hand. It helps you to control recoil. Um, so when you're just working on your pure marksmanship, I think it, it's a little bit more rewarding. Um, so I like I like the extended magazines for that, but I think I, I like you. I've come to the point where um, I think if you, I think if I want to get a small gun, um, I want it to be, I want it to be small, um, and then if I'm going to have a, a bigger gun, then I want to be able to have just a bigger gun, you know, um, not try to have. Like eventually you'll get to the point where you don't want the you don't want to have overlap. Um, you just want to have each gun do a separate role. So I like that there can be bigger ones, but I think if you want kind of a more all-around gun, looking at something like the 43X with the extended or the 365XL, where it has enough room for your pinky, um, is just kind of a general purpose gun. I think that's the way to go. I think if you want a gun that's like the most comfortable to shoot, then something like the 19 or the M&P Compact, which is the same size as the 19, is something to have. So it's just something to consider. They have pluses and minuses, and I agree that if you're going to do a small gun, 
I say keep it small, but you also have to be like really precise with it and you need to know how close, you know, at what distances you can be precise. So anyway, I think I agreed with you on a lot of those points. So um, anyway, keep up the good work. Thanks. Okay, as usual, thank you, Dave. I don't have a whole lot to add to that. He makes a great point, and I pretty much agree. So, actually, let's get off that subject now. I think we kind of hammered home the small guns from last week to this week, the small guns making them bigger. Before the interview coming up, I I just want to say that... Please remember that this show is 100% listener-sponsored. So I would very much appreciate your support. I said it earlier in this episode, and I'll just say it one more time. Become a Patreon member. You can shop through my Amazon link at handgunworld.com. That's another way to do it. You can join the Shooters Club. All of these links will be in the show notes. And at the very least, wherever you listen to these podcasts, if it's iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, or any of the other podcast apps, leave me a review if there is an ability for you to give me a review. That also helps people, you know, find this show. And, And if you've got a friend, if you know somebody that needs to hear the material on this, please tell them about my show. Send them a link. Uh, tell them how to get to it and how to find it and how to listen it. I, I'd very much appreciate that. Just tell them, hey, here's an everyday guy doing a show about the Second Amendment, and he's not a industry insider or a fancy gun writer or gunsmith or anything like that. He's just an everyday guy talking about his Second Amendment rights. He's a freedom-loving guy. Tell him, You're going to like it. He's also a Christian man, but, you know, it's not a religious show, and it's family-friendly and things like that, and pass the word on. Well, several years ago, Ben and I had a chance to interview one of our students that came through one of our classes who had a pretty tough experience um, when he got caught carrying his gun. And what you're about to hear is what can go wrong if you're carrying a gun. Now, the person in this interview made some mistakes, okay? I'm going to put that right out there. He made some mistakes. But I think his treatment that he received was way out of line and way over-exaggerated. But it shows what can happen that you need to be ready for if you carry a gun and do it every day. Uh, And you're going to hear some material which will hopefully show you the need also as to why you need to have some legal protection. You know, a membership at the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network or CCW SAFE. Organizations like that, uh, I have this kind of protection. And for the low price, it's highly worth it, especially if you find yourself in a situation like the guest 
that we interviewed. So here it comes. Let's get right into it. And by the way, this was on the Shooters Club. I decided to release it after seven years. It was on the Shooters Club. So Shooters Club members have had a chance to access this for the last seven years or so. Um, So no unfairness to the people who are members of the Shooters Club because they have access to lots of things long before anybody else ever gets access. But I figured now it was time to release it. Here we go. Okay, I'm at the range uh, with uh, Ben Branham and uh, one of Ben's friends uh, by the name of Carlos. Carlos, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Good. Uh, Hey, uh, Ben was telling me about an incident that recently happened to you. And uh, we thought it would be good for our listeners to hear this because it, I, I've, I've heard a little bit of it. And it sounds like something that could easily happen to just about anybody. So, uh, Carlos, uh, talk, talk about what recently happened to you. Okay. Uh, but just for my protection, I have a Glock 43. Small enough to fit in the car and hide. Well, during some festivities a couple months ago, uh, I gotten off late around 2.30, went home, uh, Decided that, hey, I need to work the next day, but I'm not really feeling it. Let me get some motivation. So I went for a five-mile run in my neighborhood. Wait a minute. 2.30 in the afternoon? In the evening. 2.30 in the morning? Yes, sir. A five-mile run? Yeah. Man, you, well, you're hardcore. It, it's it's hot in Texas, and that's the best time to go <laughs> when the right. sun's down. Sorry uh, to interrupt you. All right, so you nope. go for a five-mile run at 2.30 in the morning? Yes. Uh, as I leave, something tells me, hey, you should bring your gun, but hopefully you won't fall into any trouble. Just one spare mag, throw it up under the hat like you usually do. No problem. Left the gun sitting in my uh, driver's seat, threw my baseball cap over it, locked the doors, threw the keys up under my windshield wiper. Okay, so the the cap is covering the gun? Fully covering the gun. That's how I carry mine in my car, too, sometimes. You know, just stepping away. I don't have my concealed carry, so just staying within the law, that's what I did. One of my run as I'm coming back, I'm about uh, three-quarters of a mile for finishing. So at four and a quarter miles, I started to get all kinds of phone calls on my uh, my my phone. Uh, I dismiss them because I'm like, hey, don't disturb me through you know during my Zen time. As I'm clearing the last hill, I come down and I see uh, two cop car units and uh, three cops surrounding my car. Whoa! Yeah, that not what I was looking forward to after five miles. So I'm thinking, hey, since they're building this complex, they probably think, you know, I'm over here trying to mess with some of the building supplies or the building i'll just let them know hey look i'm just out working out sorry it's late at night but you know it's the coolest time of the day as i walk up they ask me is this my car i'll say yes sir yes it is um they asked me for identification unfortunately i didn't have any but i pulled up my facebook which actually has my my name on it let them know hey look this is me showed them the nike app hey this is the route i just ran you know i'm out here drenched in sweat look like i went for a swim you know, in the lap pool. Uh, then the cops, they run my name. Nothing comes back. Uh, the younger rookie cop, uh, he was really, uh, what's the word? Very adamant, jumpy. Yeah, he was a little little skittish, huh? Yeah, he was real jumpy. And I'm like, hey, man, calm down, you know. No worries, I'm a vet. Army vet, I've been over a couple times, bro. I'm I'm tuckered out. You guys got me up five miles if I wanted to try something. I'm not... I'm not, I'm, I'm putting myself in a horrible situation. So, you know, you're good to go. You're safe with me as long as I'm safe with you. Uh, the rookie then tells me he finds, he found a gun in my car and I'm like, okay, 
How? It's covered. Well, we found it and we have it. We're taking you in for unlawful carry. I'm like, excuse me? Wait a minute. First of all, your car how was did locked, they get... right? Yes. Was your car locked or My car was locked. Your car was locked? Yes. But they say they found a gun in your car. Yes. How? Well, unfortunately, I left my car keys because I have a key fob. They're really expensive, so I don't want to sweat them out. And I stashed it underneath my uh, windshield wiper. There's a small little cubby so it'll fit. Yeah. Obviously, he was looking around and poking, and he found it. Opened my car, took my gun out. Opened your car without your permission. Yes. You didn't consent no. to let them open your car. No. All right. I, I see a problem with this already. Okay. Okay. Uh, they then continued to search the whole car found uh, all my other gear. Uh, I have a bug out kit and pistol belt with a couple boxes of ammo on the back, you know, just to top off, you know, just in case, God forbid, if something really bad happens. No laws broken yet? No. But my car is searched and they tell me we have your gun, we're taking you in. Your car is searched. Without me being Without there. you being there. Mm -hmm. So they searched it, you were not present. That is they correct. They took the liberty to take your key Unlock your car, mm -hmm. search your gun, and your gun was concealed, right? Yes, sir. You had you had a baseball cap over your gun. Yes, sir. A little Glock 43. Uh, Not over a big a Glock, gun. Over a little, a little Glock, Glock 43. Glock a, a baseball 43. cap is going to more than cover a Glock 43. Okay, so no laws are broken. I, I'm All right, keep going. So as I'm sitting here, I'm like, uh, okay, uh, you know what? At this point in time, I can't fight. No matter what I do, I'm wrong at this point. Yeah. So just go with the flow. Uh, I asked a cop, hey, can you do me a favor? Let me make a couple phone calls before you guys take me in since I have my phone. They they let me go. They gave me about 15 minutes. So I called everybody on a, my emergency support channel. I uh, called Ben. Since I work with Ben, I called uh, another coworker. I called my dad. I called my mom. I called uh, my brother. <laughs> that's in town. That's good. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, man, just in case you want to tow it, you know, this is what's going on. I'm going to jail. They're like, what'd you do? And, you know, it's about three and o'clock in the morning now. They're like, what'd you do? And I'm like, I didn't do nothing. I just went for a run. And they found a gun in my car. Oh, it was stolen? I'm like, I never have a stolen gun. Why? That's craziness. I work at a gun store. Yeah. I buy my guns. So I go into the booking. <clears throat> they leave me there in the cold room. Uh, they take me out and I have to sign for my property because I have to, you know, turn over property and everything. They want to keep a record of it. As I'm doing this, the younger rookie cop comes back out and is like, yeah, we would have never got that gun if we hadn't found your keys. We would have never got the gun if they hadn't found your keys. Yep. He but told. what business do they have trying to find your keys? None. What was the, did you ever ask, what was the problem with your car in the first place that they felt they had they, to search it? They had never seen the car parked there. They, like I said, they're just now building apartment complexes there normally in my old car i parked behind the bushes in the trees on a dirt road i've ran there at that time before since i totaled my last car i have a new car and they have a you know cement there for me to park on hey take advantage of it you know it's in a it's it has a uh, a light over the little mailboxes and everything so i'm like hey i don't have to walk in the dirt cool perfect i don't have to get my car dirty since i do right here at yeah night. right right Perfect. Just park my car, get it. I'm a little sweaty. It's only, shoot, a six-minute six ride home. Cops. So they get me in the book, and that's what the cop said to me. Immediately, I'm like, okay, please, Lord Jesus, tell me that the, these two back cameras back here have audio and that these two cops have their body cameras still on. Yeah. So at this point in time, I look directly into both body cameras of both cops. I'm like, hey, man, I did not understand you. Can you tell me again? What are you telling me? 
hey, we wouldn't have got that gun if uh, we hadn't found your car keys. Yeah. And I'm like, so what, uh, so what do I go pick up my gun? You don't. Excuse me, sir? You don't. Why not? Because we're charging you with this. And then he, you know, puts down the charges. Right then and there, I'm like, this is some real shady stuff. What were the charges? Unlawful carry. And I'm Unlawful like, carry. Unlawful carry. Wait, wait. You had a concealed handgun in, in your vehicle. vehicle, which in the state of Texas is perfectly legal. Yes. So how and you weren't in your vehicle at the time. You were outside of your vehicle. Right. You were out of your vehicle. Of you weren't vehicle. in your vehicle when the cops found your handgun. And I got to say, true. even Texas law isn't that stupid or California <laughs> law. You can't be charged with carrying an illegal weapon if you weren't actually carrying it. Right. When yes. they found your gun, you were actually storing it. You weren't carrying yes. it. Your vehicle was stopped. Yes. It was concealed, and yes. you were not in the vehicle, so you were storing a handgun. Yes. And you didn't have control of the vehicle because you didn't even have your keys. The cops had your keys. They had control of the vehicle. Yes. So at this point, the police you officer just... is saying that you're being charged with unlawful carry. Yes. What was your response? The only thing I could do at that time was just smile. Smile, sign the paperwork, <laughs> go back to your cell, take your toilet paper, sit down, and this duration shouldn't take any more than 24 hours. Okay, it's, I it's gotta a, say, okay, go ahead. I, I got to say that Buddy here, he's he's pretty athletic and pretty, uh, what's the word, agitatable. Yes. And yeah. so for all you guys out there, he did the right thing. You can't fight it there because you're going to lose. He's gonna, right. They're going to get enough cops to win. Yeah. So incredible restraint from you by not trying to strike one of the officers or anything and just going, okay. We'll deal with this later. This really sucks, but we'll get there. Like the old saying is, you might beat the rap, but you're not going to beat the ride. Yep. That, that is true. So you so, took a ride, and where did you go? Oh, that was the first ride. I stayed in the local police department for approximately two to three hours. From there, they took me to the county downtown with a bunch of rough scallions. And uh, you can ask Ben. I run in short shorts, and these shorts barely cover half my legs. And that is not the place to be in short shorts. With a microfiber T-shirt. Oh. And they put you, but they put you in like the real holding cell with real criminals. Yes, with real criminals. Uh, there nice. Was, there was a guy there that was on a possession charge of two keys of coke. There was another guy that had been arrested that night for assault battery. Like he, he, he did an assault and battery, and he was beat up pretty good too. Uh, there was another guy there that was uh, destruction DUI. He took out a light pole. And you could still smell him from across the cell. And I'm like, am I the only guy in here that's perfectly sober? <laughs> Didn't do anything. <laughs> and I'm in a jail cell. Yeah, you probably were the only guy in there yeah. sober. That was, that was You were it. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this, this is interesting. So all I could do is just count the hours until, you know, I got released from, since I alerted my emergency chain. And sure stuff. About 20 hours later, my brother comes, the Bells Bondsman, uh, they picked me up right outside, took me to go get my car, I grabbed everything else, alerted Ben, hey, I'm ready to go to work, <laughs> and just started the day. So you were in jail 20 hours? Two zero hours. You were in jail 20 hours. Okay. How much did you have to bail, pay to get bailed out? Oh, man. Uh, bail was $2,500. And you had to come up with $2,500 or... Yeah. You got the bond guy. No, bail was probably twenty five thousand, 
Another $2,500. Uh-huh. Um, and they went in, researched the case, found all the evidence. Uh, on some of the video that they received from the, the cruisers, the cops came up, you know, looked at the car, walked around. The rookie cop was even questioning the senior cop, uh, which I'm guessing is about his field training officer. Hey, man, there's a gun right there. Blah, blah, blah. I can see it. Clearly, plain in sight. And at best, you could probably see the glow off of the rear tritiums at best at a certain angle okay from the body cam it, it was angled at the door of the passenger seat so you really couldn't see what he was seeing um once they found the car keys they opened the car oh i told you it's a gun it's a gun but they're wrong right there they can't open your car well they did i know but they can't but they can't legally open your car they did yeah uh, they went ahead, found my car keys, opened the car, secured the gun, uh, searched the whole car. Once they found my gear and equipment, it's not regular gear and equipment. It's a it's equipment I've used on a couple tours overseas. Uh, then the one rookie cop says over the uh, the video, "Holy crap! I think he might be in the woods trying to ambush us." So there's three cops with flashlights in the bushes looking. The rookie for cop thinks that you're yes. you're trying to ambush some yes. cops. Yes. Because you left your gear in the car. And this was before all... Before I get almost, back. But this was almost a year ago. This was before... This was uh, May? This was before Dallas. So this yeah. be before, before all this... Uh, this cop, before, before all this recent cop Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, if, if I had a stash away gun, I think it would be like a fallback point. I'd have a rifle and a... And a large combat pistol. Instead, you're in gym shorts and a tight shirt. Yeah. After running five miles. Yes. So what guy? What guy that is in a gym short, gym shorts and a t-shirt and ran five miles is going to be ambushing cops? I don't think that's the way they're going mean, to do it. I mean, there's certain drills like that that I've heard of, which which will put you to the test on on you know <laughs> stress fire. However, I wasn't doing a stress okay. fire that night. So basically, and you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of police officers. I, I don't mean to knock cops here, but this sounds pretty stupid. These were people, these were cops that were out to get you for some reason, right? I, I just assumed that they'd never seen my car there at that time of night. Yeah. You know, poking around, maybe somebody's spider sense had went off. They went up there to look and investigate. And if you're not around guns, you can't really tell what you're looking at. Yeah. You know, um... I'm around guns a lot, so even from and a so distance, are the cops. yeah, I'm, you know, from a distance, I can tell you, hey, that guy's shooting this, this gun, hey, that guy's shooting that, holy crap, I've never seen one of those in person, you know, and I'm 99% straight on, hey, I know what this gun looks like, even parts of guns, you know, um, so if you're not around it, you don't know what it is, they saw it, and to me, I think they went about it the wrong way with me not being there. Yeah, you know, well, they certainly people. went about it the wrong way. So, uh, because the right way would have been yeah, wait till you get back to the car, and then ask you, hey, you know, show show me some ID or tell us who you are. Yeah, may we search your car? And, and at that point, you can decline. 
Yeah, I would have straight up told him, no, you can't search my car. Why? What probable cause and, and where's yeah. your warrant? Yeah. Okay, so you lawyered up. I lawyered up. My lawyer did what uh, lawyers do and went in. Thank God I went through the military court. And I had a good judge, a retired JAG um, judge. Um, he straight up, I don't know if most judges do this or not. He straight up looked at the facts. was like, hey, was your client, uh, I got unlawful carry here. Was your client uh, drunk and driving? It's like, no, your honor. Was your client intoxicated? No, your no, your honor. Was your client committing a violent crime or any other crime? And no, your a, honor. This is talking to your your lawyer or the my DA? lawyer's talking to oh, the, the judge. judge. Okay, and he looks over at the prosecution. Is that all the charges you got? What happened? And the the prosecution plus my lawyer told him the story about me out there running, and he's like, "So they broke into his car and got his Glock forty three. Well, was it in the open sight, just laying out on the seat? No, your honor." And then he stops. He's a gun guy. He stops. He's like, how'd he get a Glock 43? Those things just came out. <laughs> Harder than woodpecker lips to get. And No, they're lawyer, not. No, they're not. <laughs> well, in, in what? January, February, March. That was March, May. March, May. May or June. They, they're they're they were hard more, to come Okay, by. all right. I get you know, that. Yeah. Um, how'd he get one? I want one. That's pretty cool. Hey, officer, I got one I'll sell you. <laughs> yeah, right? So my lawyer tells him, hey, uh, my client works at a gun store. Oh, man, that's pretty sweet. That's a little gun. Man, and it was under a baseball cap? Prosecution got anything else? Oh, uh, no, Your Honor. Where's uh, where's the witnesses? Oh, uh, they're out on vacation, Your Honor. Mm, 30 days reset. If you don't have any further evidence, I'm dismissing this, and I'm giving this guy back his gun. Nice. But yeah. still, and then it's another... But still, you had you got rerouted inside another court date. Yep. Just because the officers couldn't show up. Yep. And you got you 25, had to, another twenty five hundred dollars. Another twenty five hundred dollars. So now you're out seventy five hundred dollars <laughs> to pay your law, pay your lawyer just to show up again. Yeah. This is an expensive Glock forty three. Uh, yeah. A seventy five hundred dollar Glock forty three. Yeah. So then you went to court this morning, right? Yes. What and happened this morning? What happened this morning? They gave the the prosecution one last time for evidence to, to against me, and they're like, nope. Uh, no, we don't have it. The officers aren't here. Cool. Find me the slips. I'll sign them. Get this guy out of here and get him back his gun. Let him get his life going. <laughs> All right. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so how did, how did it go to pick up your gun? Oh, well. What happened? How'd that go? My lawyer went back, got the release uh, form, had the judge sign it. Uh, they put the stamp on it. I took that original copy, made a photocopy of truth, and a digital copy, because Murphy's a uh, mofo. <laughs> so now I have three copies. Um, went over to the Southern Police Department, which was kind of scary for me. Uh, found the evidence room, presented my paperwork, my ID. They sat back for about 30 minutes, mumbling under the breath, mumble, mumble, mumble. I don't know if we should give it back. Mumble, mumble, mumble. <laughs> you know. Was your lawyer still with you at that no, time? No, not at the time. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, I got her on speed dial if anything happens. You know, if I get arrested, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got her on speed dial. Like, hey. Well, but, you know, and we talk about this. This is a good reason to have your lawyer on speed dial. Yeah, very much. So everything went fine. They came back up from the property room. The lady pulled me into the side. Uh, we checked serial numbers. I confirmed that it was my gun. I confirmed everything was there that was, you know, taken by the cops as evidence. She opened the evidence bag right in front of me. She took the original copy, 
I got a copy, and then we parted ways. And wow! So today it was. So they gave you the magazines back, right? Or mag? Was just it one. one, one mag? You, how many mags did they take? I only had the one. You only had the one. Did they give you your ammo back too? No, they did not. They kept the ammo. Yeah. So they still deprived you of property. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming. Point, yeah. At this point, you're not going to fight it. You're yeah, just you, done with if it. If you but. want extra range ammo, you can have seven bullets. But still, <laughs> it's it's your property. It wasn't theirs. That's true. Okay, so Carlos, from the time that they took your gun to this morning, how much time was it? Uh, about four months. Four months. Four months and $7,500 later because of really bogus charges. See, this is what can happen to people. This is what can happen to people when cops have a hair up there, you know what, that they want to nail somebody for some, even if it's a bogus reason. It happens. It happens every day. Uh, look at New York, stop and frisk. Yeah. You know? And I am holding said Glock 43. And it's here. Uh, it does exist. It is here. You know, obviously, <laughs> on, on the story of it all... Because me and a bunch of other guys, former law enforcement and stuff, too, were talking to you, and we're like, they're never going to give your gun back. You know that, right? They're going to cut that thing in half and throw it away. Or some cop is going to get a nice Glock 43 somewhere with your cool extended magazine and everything. We yeah. thought for sure that that would've thing would have been, oh, we're sorry. We destroyed it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, oh, man. Holy, holy, holy. You'll have hell to pay. <laughs> well, because we were talking even on... Uh, if they didn't give your gun back, civil rights violations, yeah. theft of property. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was, uh, I was big into, let's call the federal government, which I don't like anyways, but, yeah. hey, theft under the color of authority yeah. is a really big felony, a federal felony. So, and for me, that's what it would be. If they took your gun, yeah, they took it as evidence for a crime that didn't commit, you got exonerated to the charges, so they yeah. should give your stuff back. If they didn't, and they said, we're going to keep that, as far as I'm concerned, that's theft under the color of authority. Wow. They stole your stuff as a police officer acting under the authority of a police officer. Wow. Yeah, look up that law. It's a nasty one. I had to learn that when I was in law enforcement. That's the one you don't want to play with. Wow. That's like 20 wow. years or something. It should be. Yeah, well. Well, yeah, you're doing people wrong, so. Yeah, using your badge to steal yeah. stuff. Is well, well, Carlos, that's an interesting story. Thanks for sharing it with us. You know, I mean, this, I, I'm glad that you shared it and you were willing to do it because listeners are need to understand what can happen. Yeah, they definitely do. They definitely do. And it's the craziest thing to me. I told the cop that from my backyard to where we're standing right now is 825.13 meters. How do you know that? In another lifetime, I used to do something else. <laughs> You know, and he looked at me kind of crazy, pulls up the Google Maps. Sure stuff, my backyard is right there. <laughs> He's like, well, can you see? I'm like, I used to have a range fan up there, but they moved it, and then they put up this tape, so that's even better. He looks at me crazy again, and I'm like, hey, man. Okay, so what are the life. but what are the lessons from this story? Uh, I would say... I would say take your keys with you when you run. Yes. Take your keys with you when you run. <laughs> exactly. I mean, tie them around your ankle or tie them around your wrist or something, but take them with you. Take your keys with you when you run, when you leave. If you're at a park and you leave your firearm in your car, um, if you have a covered trunk, yeah, I know it sucks, you know, because some people, they get back in there in a rush. They just want to sit down. Oh, I got it. Cool. I'm sitting on it. I know where it is. Take that extra second or get a bigger hat is what I was told. 
<laughs> get a bigger hat. Get a bigger hat. You know, get, get a cowboy hat. Yeah. Or, or, one of our friends this yeah. morning, we're all texting back and forth going, oh, yeah, you got out. You got your gun. That's awesome. <laughs> and one of the guys goes, what did you learn? Get a bigger hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, another thing you could have done, uh, but it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of impractical. You could have unloaded the gun and taken the ammo with you. That's true. But, you know, like, if I came running up and I got a magazine of ammo on me, you know, what do yeah. they think then? You know, because they did search me and all they found in my pocket was uh, tissue paper yeah. and a flashlight. Yeah, now that's a bad idea because then they would have found the loaded mag in your gun. Or the loaded mag in your pocket. Yeah. And so carrying, a, carrying an illegal weapon has nothing to do with whether it's loaded or not. Yeah. True. True. I just like, whenever I'm going to leave a gun in the car, I just like to unload it in case it gets stolen. At least the people that are stealing it are not getting ammo with it. True. Or Bob comes back to somebody that's not a police officer holding his gun. Exactly. Yeah. That yeah. would have been bad. Yeah, a bad guy that's holding my gun. At least he's got an, an empty gun. Um, all right, so take your keys with you when you jog. Um, also, I guess that uh, some, again, this is not meant to be a... Uh, a slam on cops, but some of them have it in for uh, people that leave guns in their car. Some of them do. Some of them are a little riled up. Some of them are uh, easily riled up. Okay. Um, I noticed that that guy was a younger cop. You know, uh, the other two officers were about in their mid to late thirties, and that guy he was no older than twenty four. You know, maybe it just gotten out of academy that January. You know. Yeah. Now, what kind of vehicle do you drive? A uh, Volkswagen Tiguan. Okay, so you could have actually, you could have put the pistol in the console. That's true. If it was in the console or in the glove box, then it would be technically completely concealed. That is true. So that's another takeaway. Yes. Is you, store the gun in a part of your car where it is going to be completely see, uh, concealed. Yeah. Um, being a rideshare operator, uh, the car is clean, looks like a hotel room, except for hidden compartments. So there's all kinds of odds and ends stuffed into most of my uh, compartments, which is, you know, for me. Um, and then, of course, half the trunk is my other stuff. Uh, I don't usually do any airport rides. So right. it's party goers or people going to the mall. So it's a big enough car for four people yeah. to pick up. Um, from this, I, I'm definitely cleaning out some of my slots. Well, another suggestion is there are nice little car safes. That's true. You can yeah, put your gun in the car those. safe, and when you're doing the rideshare thing, put the car safe in the trunk. Yes. So people don't see a, a gun safe in your car. That's true. There's actually spots up under the front two seats that are uh, good enough to put a lunchbox. Yeah. So. Yeah, in that Volkswagen, cool in that Volkswagen, you should be able to hide a, hide your Glock 43 in a lot of places. Oh yeah, it's a small gun. Lots of parts and places to stash anything you need to. Well, legally. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go over there. Start and get get, get your Texas LTC soon as well. Yes, I'm going into class uh, this Saturday. So okay. well, and it, he does. He may not disclose this or not, but you had you had to wait on a bunch of stuff because of this was going through. Yeah, there right. was a lot of stuff. Uh, well, I'm sure it delayed your uh, your LTC. Yes. It, well, it would have if you'd have sent the paperwork. It would have delayed it. Yes. If um, not straight up denied because he right. was under indictment for yes. a weapons charge. Also, uh, a couple background investigations for uh, federal agencies I applied to. All those background investigations got put on hold. You yeah, know? of course so, they would. Yeah. So it's like, wow, I can't even can't even get hired onto a better job because other, of this. And then you've got some stuff on layaway at the store that, that we I can't, can't even pick up. 
we mean, couldn't pick up because if you're under indictment for any crime, you can't pick up a file. Now, wait a minute, Carlos. I got a question. Why would you want a better job than working with Ben? Um, I love, I love this job. I love this job. My heart's there. The only crappy part is Ben doesn't have enough money to pay, you know, everybody, you know, the, the amount of money they need. Well, I thought you, I thought you were going to say the crappy part is Ben. No, no, Ben's That's great. That's too. Ben's great. Ben's great. All man. right. Carlos, thanks for telling, for telling uh, us your story and sharing it with us. No worries. All right. No have worries. a good Let's go shoot. Are you ready to go shoot? Heck yeah. All right. Let's go shoot. Well, what do you think? I'd love to hear some comments. And think about when you carry a gun, what you do with it, where you leave it, where you shouldn't leave it. You got to use your your head in a lot of cases here. Uh, again, I have always said for many years, and I stand by this, the best place to keep your gun is on your person or in your safe. One of those two places. That's it. Keep it on you or keep it in the safe. But realize that when you're carrying a gun, something like this could happen. I'm not saying it's going to. I'm not saying that the odds of that are, are high of this happening. I'm not saying the odds are, are high and that it's going to happen to you. But you never know. It could. You never know how law enforcement might react to the whole thing. It's just, it's kind of up in the air. So be prepared. Be ready. Have a plan. Know what you're going to do. Know what you're going to say. Get some legal protection in advance. And if you do, tell them you heard about them on the Handgun World podcast. And let me know what your thoughts are. Thanks again for tuning in, folks, with all this put out there. Uh, let me know, and uh, I'll talk to you guys again soon next week. In the meantime, remember to shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you next week. I'm a desperate Bye. man. Send lawyers, guns, and money. This shit has hit the fan. and money.